There seems to be a growing movement in communities across the country and right here to take better control of the flow of traffic. There are a lot of dangerous roads and intersections, lots of traffic too, bikes, pedestrians, buses, and trucks. Some neighborhoods are taking matters into their own hands through so-called traffic calming efforts. And an organization called Strong Towns is right in the middle of it. Strong Towns is an organization dedicated to harnessing citizen support to make communities stronger. Joining me in studio is Kia Wilson, the Director of Community Engagement with Strong Towns. Kia, great to have you with us. Thanks Thank for you for having in. me, Don. Define calming traffic for me and for our audience. So traffic calming is the radical idea, which I believe shouldn't be radical, that cars should not be moving at a speed that can kill a person on foot or on a bicycle um, in an area where they should be walking. And traffic calming is the process of through narrowing roads, through adding pedestrian amenities, slowing down traffic naturally by adjusting the perceived speed limit in our cities and towns, rather than just changing the number on a sign, which as anyone who drives a car, and I drive a car sometimes, certainly uh, knows that when a sign says that you should be driving 50 miles an hour and the nar- the road is completely narrow, you're not going to drive 50 miles an hour and vice versa. So speed bumps? Speed bumps are one feature. So are pedestrian islands to um, actually constrict the available roadway that's people can drive on and give pedestrians nice places to stop and rest. I can hear a lot of drivers screaming and shouting and sometimes (laughs) using four-letter words to express themselves. I completely agree. I think that they're Um, The experience of frustration comes from the fact that we live in a city and in a country that largely is engineered around the needs of vehicle users. But we have people across the country um, who are primarily or exclusively pedestrians, primarily or exclusively bicycles. And I always like to remind you that even every driver is a walker, too. A pedestrian is just another name for a person outside of a metal box. Where are we in this whole process here in St. Louis? St. Louis has seen some really exciting traffic calming programs, even just in the past few months. I think a lot of our listeners probably are familiar with the uh, perhaps lovingly, perhaps not lovingly named Ingracia Balls in Fox Park. Um, That's actually my neighborhood, and I wrote a piece about uh, this for Strong Towns. Those were a effort that Alderwoman Christine Ingracia put in to actually narrow the roadways by putting large, um, beautifully designed concrete spheres on four corners of several intersections along Compton Avenue. And that project and the many projects like it around St. Louis are demonstrating how divisive and also how exciting and um productive, these projects can be around our town. That has received a lot of attention. And, and again, there, has, there have been critics of this whole process, even, even though we're talking about uh, they're being designed to save lives. Absolutely. I think a lot of the criticism that I've heard have been from drivers who are worried about vehicle damage. They're worried, they're used to what we call in urban planning, Um, forgiving design, which is the idea that when a car is on the roadway, they should be able to, at a moment's notice, swerve off of that roadway in the event of, say, an emergency vehicle, some sort of an obstruction, and they won't, for instance, hit a tree, hit a pedestrian, hit anything that would damage their car and potentially hurt them. The problem when we bring forgiving design into city centers is it's very forgiving to the driver and not so forgiving to the pedestrian Mm -hmm. who might also be using that roadway. Um, So I think a lot of the 
controversy and frustration around the Ingrassia balls and projects like them come from the fact that we are so used to seeing roads in our city centers designed with principles similar to highways, and they're not really appropriate for that context. And of course, there are going to be some growing pains as we find new ways to implement these improvements. How uh, do you work, you and organizations like yours, work with uh, with city government? I mean, we do have a streets department, and they're pretty much in charge of things like this. Are you working with them, and are they receptive? So Strongtown's theory of change is a little different than a lot of other um, urbanism-related organizations in that we're actually a media organization. Um, We were founded by a planner and engineer who worked directly with governments for many years in his career. But what he found is that when he was going to, say, you know, the city government of Brainerd, Minnesota, where he makes his home, he was finding that they would hire consultants, they would take a couple of steps, but there was no fundamental change around the way that we build our world. We needed active citizen engagement instead, and we needed average people to start thinking of the concrete and asphalt that lines their streets as something that they had a voice and a say in how it was shaped. And that isn't the dominant mentality in the way that we develop. So we decided that it made more sense for us to put out um, a high-quality stream of articles, podcasts, webcasts, educational content that got people back in the planning process and um, encouraged planners themselves to start listening in a radically new way to the needs of their constituents, in the case of elected officials and appointed officials, and to the people in their surface area, in the case of planners. I I want to follow up on that question, but I also want to invite listeners into this conversation. I'm sure a lot of people have strong feelings on both sides of this issue. We'll give them an opportunity to call in 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Uh, you can send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org or send us a tweet at STL on air. Okay, back to the notion of, of neighborhood involvement and city involvement. Uh, what kind of a reception are, are you getting from city officials to this? To traffic calming yeah. or to Strong Towns principles? No, to, to traffic calming. Right. Um, So the Ingrassia Ball Project um, is the one that I'm most qualified to speak towards because, again, I'm not working directly with city Mm -hmm. officials in my capacity. Um, That was actually originated by Alderwoman Christina Ingrassia. And further back, it was originated through a participatory budgeting process. Citizens, neighbors in Fox Park, my neighbors, asked for these Ingrassia Balls. And more specifically, they asked for traffic calming along the Compton Corridor to make it safer and more accessible for all kinds of road users. Um, I have found that because of the way that we build streets in St. Louis, which I'm not qualified to tell you the ins and outs of it as someone who doesn't work for the city, but we have a combination of a streets department that has let a pedestrian and bicycle coordinator position sit vacant for about six months, um, and also some individual city actors, um, such as alter people, who are very much behind traffic calming that it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Our priorities aren't cohesive in St. Louis, I think, around traffic calming and the needs of different road users. But you people just uh, from neighborhoods just can't go out into the street and start putting barriers or balls or anything else, a speed bump, whatever you want to flower pots. <laughs> they just can't do that, can they? They can, actually, in some cases. So there's an idea called tactical urbanism, which you might have heard of. Tactical urbanism is the idea 
of any citizen, either in collaboration with the city, sometimes you do need to get your street permit mm-hmm. in order to do this, or um, on your own, in the case of certain innovations, it's perfectly legal to go out and make a couple of temporary, reversible, but nonetheless powerful changes to your built environment. So some examples of traffic calming um, tactical urbanism ideas are things like in Oregon, there was a citizen group that put went to a dollar store and bought a truckload of toilet plungers and put them up a along the side of the road to create a protected bike lane. Um, Another example is you can use fallen leaves to create a a temporary bump out, which is a bump out is when you extend the curb of a sidewalk um, to limit the vehicle space. Obviously, fallen leaves don't really prevent anyone the way that, Mm. say, an Ingrassi Yabal would. Um, But when you do these things and you document them and you download a um, speed recorder app on your telephone and you show to the city officials, look, this, um, these interventions are having a real effect on our quality of life, you can show your city officials that you're making a persuasive case for more permanent interventions over time. Can a case be made that in, in some cases you might be actually making these intersections of these areas more dangerous by putting significant and substantial obstacles in the in the way of traffic? I think that to answer that question, you have to dig down into what you mean by dangerous, right? Well, the concrete balls, for instance, yeah. are formidable. They are formidable. However, the concrete balls, I'm hearing a lot in my own neighborhood association group that people are worried that those concrete balls are going to get struck by a car, as some of them have, and get knocked off of their base and roll down the street and run over a dog. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. one common complaint. My response to that is, thank God there was not a person standing right there. Thank God there was not a pedestrian, a human body, standing in that place where that ball was. When you have vehicles moving at a speed fast enough to necessary to unseat a concrete ball from its foundations and send it rolling down the street, you've got a problem. When you have vehicles moving fast enough to kill a human being, in a neighborhood where you're expecting human beings to walk, you have an issue. Um, I think that often when we say danger, we mean danger to our personal property, to our vehicles. We sometimes mean liability, but often we don't aren't taking into account the holistic sense of danger to every member of our society. And again, every person is a pedestrian or will be more extensively at some point in their life if they're lucky enough to get a little older. Mm-hmm. How is this uh, concept working in other places? And is it catching on? Is it uh, being utilized in a number of communities or do we know? Oh, absolutely. Traffic calming is as old a concept as the street is. And there are communities around the country that I talk about all the time at Strong Towns because we are a national organization that are doing innovative and amazing things to slow down traffic, which is making pedestrians, bikers, and drivers themselves a lot more safe. I mentioned tactical urbanism earlier in the program. I'm really inspired by Fayetteville, Arkansas. They've actually developed a citizen guide by the local mayor's office that is empowering people to take these interventions interventions themselves to actually makes the process pretty seamless to say, hey, I've got a load of solo cups and I want to build a DIY bike lane this weekend with my neighbors. And in a few forms, you can get that done. Um, 
there are also citizen organizations around the country who are doing more ad hoc things. And of course, there are communities around the world that have made traffic calming a priority since before the invention of the automobile. Mm. So what is, is Strong Towns doing? You mentioned it's a media operation. It's a, but what specifically is it doing here to kind of marshal support, neighborhood support for this sort of thing? Right. So Strong Towns theory of change is bottom up. We want to inspire citizens and give them the resources that they need to put um, their beliefs, the Strong Towns approach into action in a way that is unique to their place. So we have a pretty active citizen group. If you go to strongtowns.org slash local, you can find that we are organizing pop-up traffic calming events. We, um, Our citizens are gathering, and I'm happy to send out an email to anyone who logs on um, to gather and talk about the way that these interventions can make a difference in our place and can also make our cities a lot richer yeah. along the way. We'll, we'll put a link to all of that on our website at stlpublicradio.org. You do have some events coming up that seem uh, somewhat different. To, to marshal support for the cause? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in collaboration with the Sales um, Community Development Corporation, we're going to be hosting a traffic calming event, a one-day traffic calming event on Saturday, April 28th. This is going to be on Arkansas between Utah and Arsenal. And we're doing this actually in collaboration with TrailNet. A lot of you might not know that TrailNet has a lending library of traffic calming supplies, safety vests, cones, tires, you name it. And we have have some, I can't get, reveal too much, but we have some exciting events planned around, for instance, I'm going to be putting up a pop-up tr- pedestrian island, and it will be island-themed. I'm probably going to give out mm. some virgin daiquiris <laughs> along the way. We are in talks with a drag queen to demonstrate against drag racing <laughs> mm. in our neighborhoods. And we're hoping that this demonstration will, in a really fun, exciting, engaging way, demonstrate the power of traffic calming in our cities and also empower people to do them in their own neighborhoods. I'm also involved in the Open Streets event on June 2nd. There's going to be, we're going to actually be closing the street between on Compton between Cherokee and Merrimack. And that idea event is to demonstrate all the amazing things we can use our streets for when we don't have cars. Um, cars and other forms of transit can certainly coexist, but how how amazing is it when kids feel safe playing in the street, um, when neighborhood businesses can sell their wares um, without fear of being harmed? I would encourage anyone to keep an eye out for those. Is anything going on in the county? I mean, we've been focusing pretty much just on the city. Is this concept uh, at all in use or being employed in the county? You know, I've talked to a few city officials um, just personally in the county, mm-hmm. but I have... Their development pattern is really different than what we have in the city. They are largely the product of, you know, for lack of a better word, a sprawl development pattern. And that does isn't a holistic assessment, but they're dealing with a completely different set of variables. And in strong towns, we believe that any town can be strong, whether that is a large urban center with a traditional development pattern like St. Louis City or a suburban development pattern. But we need to take those things a bite at a time, a step at a time. And that's why we think low-level traffic calming interventions are a great place for any citizen to get started. Do you have particular intersections that you're targeting for, uh, for uh, quick action? Uh, you know, the... 
Open Streets event on Compton is a really interesting one. All of those intersections between Cherokee and Merrimack. We're, again, trying to inspire others to get out and do things in their neighborhoods, whichever intersection that you might care about. So Strong Towns itself is not planning most of these interventions directly. But I can speak personally that, for me, I'm really interested in planning an intervention at uh, Jefferson and Russell. It's very near to my house. Um, and that is what we call a strode. I don't know if your, your listeners I was just going to ask you about Strode. <laughs> yeah. So strode is one of my favorite words. It was actually coined by Strong Towns. And a strode is a combination of the words street and road, which most of us use interchangeably as if they were synonyms. Um, in Strong Towns parlance, a street is a road that goes through, is a pathway, excuse me, that goes through a neighborhood that people are designed that is designed for people to walk on them and all kinds of users. Roads are pathways that connect cities and People should not be on them. Think your interstate highways. And a strode is when you try to combine those two functions into one, and a lot of bad things happen. Think Jefferson. Think Grand. Think Gravoy. Think Five- Shoto is one that I, uh, oh, I yeah. have in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Shoto, absolutely. Um, Roads that are usually three lanes or more, vehicles traveling at a high mile of speed, but then we're also throwing in the occasional crosswalk. We're throwing, we're lining these roads with businesses that people want to go to, and we're expecting them to navigate traffic conditions that are completely unsuitable for human walkers. Um, what I would love to see in my utopian vision for St. Louis's future is our strodes narrowed, calmed, and made more accessible to the people who live in them. And I think over time that uh, will actually make our cities more financially solvent as well. Yeah. We have time for a quick call. I think we're going to bring in Charles calling from Chesterfield. Charles, time's running out, so make it quick if you would. I thought I'd mention uh, uh, St. Louis uh, was where private streets uh, was developed. There's a book out by uh, uh, along those lines, Private Streets of St. Louis. It used to be printed by Missouri University by a guy named Savage, I do believe. In any case, it started in St. Louis, private streets, gates at each end and all that kind of stuff. Charles, thanks for for the call. Yes, I mean, he has a point there. There are a lot of them, and traffic really slows down, obviously, (laughs) for obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that particular book, but um, private streets are a separate issue that I think we should definitely encourage this caller to look up on our site, strongtowns.org. One of the development patterns that we are most involved in fighting is um, the suburban development pattern, which, again, is not universally bad. But because Strong Towns is devoted to not just traffic calming but also the economic resilience of our cities, um, a calm street doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good street, right? Um, A cul-de-sac is a very calm street, as you point out. A private street is a calm street. But those um, streets generally are not going to be conducive to the kind of tax revenues and economic health that is going to support a region over time. Private streets tend to be subsidized by their dense, walkable urban counterparts. Well, this is a project and a concept certainly worth watching, and obviously it's gathering a little momentum. Kia Wilson, thank you for being with us and telling us about Strong Towns, what you're doing, and about uh, about making these streets a little bit safer in St. Louis. My pleasure. It's great having you with us. That's Kia Wilson. 